We have exciting big uh, big features this week, and we're going to talk with two guests, not one guest, Carl. Yes. On today's episode, we'll talk to our guests here. We'll talk cats next, then around minute 14, bombshell. A hidden life around minute 20. Yes, we will get to Star Wars at minute 25. Little Women at minute 56. Uncut Gems at one hour and three minutes. DVDs at 117. What's coming up? And what happened with Dad Eat Dogs premiere at one hour and 23 minutes? Should I introduce them? You should. Okay, first of all, I'm Lynn Van House. I am Carl is- Middleman. And this is our year, our no. second to last. Second to last year-end podcast and we have two guests this week we have charles van house aka hey, charlie that's your son yes and hello and john, john. robin hi there see look at him look at him um i'm just gonna call you out mom uh it's actually pronounced robin so john uh-huh. you can uh you can tell a little bit okay he well, wasn't going to say much, anything. Charlie. He wasn't going to say anything about it. Well, Clinton County, they pronounce names often twi- uh, two different ways. Oh yeah, definitely. Lots of different. I've I've heard more uh, ways, but thank you, Charlie. <laughs> That's all right. So we have one from the New York coast and one from the L.A. coast. Nice. And we're, we're and, this week. and we're in the Midwest. Yeah, we're in flyover country. All right. So do you want to talk about the big movie or the movie you hate so much? Well, I can't say that I've seen the the movie. You, you know what? Let's start with that. Let's tease Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker and just do a couple minutes on the biggest movie that Lynn does not want to see: Cats. <laughs> why do you know, okay? Why do you hate Cats? I saw Cats in London in 1992 on the West End, and it was just so weird. It is a weird musical. I waited. Um, I. I'm not the biggest Andrew Lloyd Webber fan as a musical theater geek. Like, I much prefer you don't like Sondheim. Starlight Express? You don't oh, care for no. Jesus Christ Superstar? You don't... Okay, um, that one you like. Jesus Christ Superstar I like because it's, it's a very high school, college era to me, and it was so fresh and different. But then it, he got big and bloated in those, those... Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera, the Chandelier Falls, big deal. Starlight and, Express, they were all on roller skates. And... Sunset Boulevard is just so extravagant and dark and creepy. Okay, so Cats was the longest-running Broadway show till Phantom broke For it. a long time. Right. 5,200-something performances. Right. Well, I'm not a fan of the animal cats, so I delayed it, and then and then and I'm allergic. But to, you had to see yeah, it. Yeah. So I had to see cats. So my sisters and I went. We were in Chicago. What year is this? Uh, this was 2002. Something. Two? Wow. I saw Cats before you did? Yeah. I avoided it. I avoided it for years. <laughs> you were years. a theater critic. I know. Well, not then. No. Okay. Not then. And uh, so 2005, I started writing theater. Re- well, I preface this by I wrote theater reviews in college. Mm-hmm. And then I had... Did you uh, reviewed John Malkovich in college? Yes, I did. Yes. And then... Uh, in I, Illinois. And then in 2005, I started reviewing uh, shows at the Fox and the Rep. And then in 2012, I became a, a founding member of the St. Louis Theater mm-hmm. Circle. So now I see as much as possible. So anyway, my sisters and I at intermission, we looked at each other like, what the hell is this? It's cats. It's So your sisters didn't like it because they're both cat lovers. 
and they both yeah they both like cats and they and, like theater too yeah and uh, we were like what the hell is this singing kitties and uh that's where paul tw- newman said to david letterman where are all the singing cats i know because it was right next door <laughs> and so it's just creepy. All these people dressed as cats, acting like cats. Based on T.S. Eliot poems, and they didn't really have to change anything about the actual poems to make the lyrics work, because they're poems, except for the two biggest hits. The two biggest hits, the very first one where they're all dancing around about the Jellicle cats, and yeah. then Memories. Those are the ones that they wrote words for. Well, What Betty- about a magical Mr. Mistopheles? <laughs> I, I believe that is T.S. Eliot. Really? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently T.S. So Eliot's book is... is uh, well, uh, we had to sing uh, back in music class in sixth, seventh grade. We sang some Cats and... Uh, Your teacher was a fan of the musical. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, we, we sang that and all the kids loved it. I think it was more of a joke that we mm-hmm. all liked singing it. But, uh, but you enjoyed, non- nonetheless, you enjoyed. We, we sang it and I <laughs> enjoyed it just because it was funny. I, well, the second act... Is so weird. weird because it has these Siamese cats doing a theater production. That's not in the movie. So it's a play in the play. That's not in the movie. And then Griselda sings her song Memory. Which she sing. Uh, Jennifer Hudson is the Griselda. Griselda. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. She, she, she sing cries. She cries while she's singing. But then when she hits the glory note, you remember, oh, yeah, she won an Oscar. She's a really good singer. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, apparently, okay, so Betty Buckley won a Tony Award for singing one freaking song. Yeah. How do you do that? Uh, Dream I, Girls. Yeah, well, well that, who, yeah. Who was it that won an Oscar, or was nominated uh, back in like 98, and she only had one scene in the beginning? Uh, now oh, that that's uh, actually a person that's in this movie. It's Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Judy Dench won Best Supporting Actress for being on the screen for three scenes in Shakespeare in Love. But the shortest Oscar winner is the wife um, in Network that William Holden's having the affair on. And she says she has like just a couple minutes and she won the Oscar because there were so few women's right. roles back then that were very any good. But the funny thing is Judy Dench is playing – uh, old Deuteronomy in this movie and she was supposed to be in the original thing of Cats but she torn an ACL or pulled her Achilles or she had a f- leg injury and therefore could not be in the original broadcast or in the original Broadway production of Cats and now she's playing a gender switched role in this film okay, well when it was at the Muni the second time it was at the Muni I w- went to see it and it was like 2010, 11, and... It was still like the longest running musical to do. And people left at intermission. The Muni people audience... Leave the Muni... If they have... At the Fox, if they have Book of Mormon, people leave during the first song. Yeah, I know. So St. Louis is a very conservative crowd. Yes. Well, I think more the people were confused by what the hell is Well, this? also, the weird thing, seeing it in London... At the West End Theater, they come out into the crowd and they start pawing, and then it's a very interactive show. The Muni, maybe you can get ten rows of that, but you can't make right. that happen at the Muni. Right, and it's big. And I know the junkyard, and they had Ken, uh, Ken Page was one of the uh, from St. Louis was one of the original stars of Cats on Broadway. Nice. That's that's his claim to fame. Well, this movie, well, isn't it uh, being in Nightmare Before Christmas? 
Well, I guess that too. But first, he Oogie was Boogie. He, he became a theater guy. Yeah, but well his, known. His break from in cats. movies was Disney or right. Tim Burton. So I would say this is an amazing cast. You have James Corden doing a song. You have uh, Taylor Swift doing a song. You have Jennifer Hudson doing a song. You have Rebel Wilson. You forget that Rebel. You think, oh, she's just the wacky. She. There was a reason she was in Pitch Perfect. It's because she can sing. <laughs> Oh, and well, well, can Idris Elba sing? Idris Elba can sing. He plays the villain in this movie. They turn the uh, character of, begins with an M, Magic... Uh, Jellicle Cat? Uh, no, 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 no. That's one of the... Uh, oh, Chewbacca's... That's Chewbacca talking to me right now. Um, they They change the story of the film a little bit. Taylor Swift and Idris Elba, they're kind of the villains. Because in the regular Cats, there's not really a villain. No. You, they're all just singing to go up to... Cat heaven. Heaven, heaven yeah. Which was stairs. But this one is a chandelier that floats up to the sky. Yeah. Um, it's, if you like the weirdness of Cats, you will like this. If you hate the weirdness of cats, you will hate this. It's cats. I almost <laughs> went because I thought maybe it's worth seeing for how bad it is. And then I thought, you know, this is like nails on a chalkboard to me. And then plus... you, Your son's in town. Yeah. But the weird, the weird thing is, it's cats. They changed the storyline. If you're a purist of... If you love cats and you're a purist of this, you might not like that. They have the Victoria cat. She is the audience because she... The beginning of the show, she gets thrown in out of a bag from a human's car. And so she's learning all about the uh, Jellicle cat world. And... So you have... Some, from what I understand, you have... Tom Hooper directed it and he directed yes. Les Mis. And he's a big fan of the close-ups. But you have cats that are... Jason Derulo is also in it. He's the one that's upset that they cut out his junk. Okay, so you have human owners Mm -hmm. of some of the cats, and then some of the cats are just... Street cats. Street cats. But you have cats wearing shoes? Um, I don't remember that. The the thing I liked about seeing cats is that... uh, The movie is that their tails are like animatronic because in... In the play, they just have like a piece of uh, string or wire holding up the cat, so they it, it's it's up, it's not dragging on the ground. Or I guess some of them are dragging on the ground, but in this one, they move and they have animation, and it's fine. Oh, cool. It's cats. I it's will preface. Cats. I gotta say something, even though I said I don't like cats. I do like Charlie's cat. Charlie okay. has a cat. I do have a cat, um, and thank you. I was very worried that you wouldn't like my cat, but I've I bonded <laughs> with his cat. Uh, Idris Elba is uh, Mercavity. Give him ham. Give her ham. <laughs> she eats ham. Okay. <laughs> oh, Ian McKellen's in. The, he's the old uh, theater cat. And let's see who else is. Oh, the Victoria is France, Francesca Hayward. She is like a ballet dancer, but she also sings, and she is us. And this is. We also saw this the same day as Rise of Skywalker, and I did fall asleep twice in Cats. Yeah, that was a long day of. But long. that's not that's not why I fell asleep. I fell asleep because it was cats. Yeah. If it so was ex- if it would have been just, the other way around, I would not have fallen asleep at Star Wars. Is it just a weird, weird movie? Yeah, it's cats. Yeah. So what can you do? It, it's cats. That's a, that is well, the explanation think, for yeah. this. Why do you think they took so long to? Uh, um, 
come out with it because you know it was early 90s as you said well they made a they made a movie they wanted to animate it but they did it with this and i think it might have been better animated i'm curious um since i haven't seen either uh-huh. live or or the movie so yes. I'm, I'm like how much i know you mentioned the animatronic tails yes are are neat mm-hmm. how much similarities are there with the cat costuming from it's uh the theater to the it's film? pretty pretty similar except they have their faces like on on Broadway or in theater, they just paint their faces. These, they try to make them as human cat-like as possible. With fur. Yeah. And it's it's neat how they do, like, their ear, their ears perk up when something goes on. So techn- technologically, it's well done. Um, but it's, once again, it's cats. So... You know what you're getting. I don't think anyone's going to go to this movie saying, I wonder what this whole cat thing's about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. think, yeah, the un, uh, the uninitiated. Well, they didn't show it to us for awards consideration. Mm. No, they didn't. But it was, I, I don't know why they, they, they could have got some technical awards. They could have got some uh, best costumes. They could have had some best visual effects or not. It, it, it's It's cats. It doesn't matter. All right. Well. So uh, you would suggest go rent or buy the Aristocats instead of going to see Cats. No, the Aristocrats. Go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Not with your children, of course. All right. So now do we tease? Do we want to yeah, tease or do you want to talk bombshell? Well, uh, we can save the the movie uh, that the we want. The story wanted. of the galaxy far, far away. We could save that. Um I you love bombshell. I did. It it didn't make my top ten. I turned that in, and uh, it didn't make my honorable mention. But I really like it. I like the female performances. How's John, John Lithgow? John Lithgow's very good in it. Uh, he's unrecognizable as Roger Ailes because he got fat makeup on. Okay, so let me preface this: we're not going to get political, but Fox News did pay out millions of dollars in settlements to women who filed sexual harassment claims against Roger Ailes. And Bill O'Reilly. And Bill O'Reilly. And that fact is put at the end of the movie. So you cannot dispute that fact. No. And they realized they had a problem. And it's the story of Megyn Kelly, who is played by Charlize Theron, who is fabulous. Who looks like Megyn Kelly. She does. I don't know how they made her look like that. But she, she's, it's uncanny. She looks exactly like her. Megan Kelly's child. They went to go see Frozen Two, and Megan Kelly's kid stopped at a poster for Bombshell and was, oh look, it's you, mommy. And she posted that on her Instagram, and she's like, I had nothing to do with this movie. (laughs) Don't say anything. I've got my own stuff coming out. But they also have NDAs, and so... Yeah, they have non-disclosure agreements, right. so they can't do anything. And then Gretchen Carlson is played by Nicole Kidman. And looks like her also. And yes, and she was a former Miss America, and Roger Ailes is always calling her Miss America. Does she play the violin? I think she played the violin. She did. Okay. And uh, at Fox, they don't let the women wear pants. No, you have to wear skirts, and they don't have tables. And they... Um, it's a very weird culture. So it's about really unchecked power. This is one of the most powerful media conglomerates in the world. Rupert Murdoch is played by Malcolm McDowell. Uh-huh. 
which is good casting. And there's a lot of supporting players in this. But it's basically the women's story. Now, Margot Robbie, she is being touted for a supporting actress She is a composite character. Yes. So she's... She did not exist. Right. Or maybe she did. Well, apparently there's at least 22 or 23 women who were in on this uh, complaints because the lawyers... uh, Megan Kelly looks at a sheet and she's down. I can't remember if she was 22 or 23. And she goes, there's 22 other women? And the lawyers just kind of look like they don't want to confirm that to mm-hmm. her. But there were a lot of women. So Margot Robbie. So apparently Margot Robbie is a very ambitious character. And she wants to climb up the ladder. And she ditches Gretchen Carlson's show for Bill, Riley, Bill O'Reilly's show. And uh, Roger Ailes wants her to audition. Ah. And there's where we go. And then she discovers what the real thing is about. But and, she had her own show. Right. But first she was in Middays. And then she was in Primetime. Right. And so it's just about the uh, women culture at Fox. And um, the I don't know the actress who plays Janine Pirro, but Janine Pirro's oh, running around. Run. Uh, is, it, is it Jenny Slate? No, no, it's not. It's not a recognizable name. No, I because I did recognize. I did recognize she, the her name. name. Yes, uh, and uh, Kate McKinnon's in it playing someone who is very liberal at Fox News. Yeah, she plays a lesbian who works at Fox News. It's a job. Yeah, I I know several people at the conservative radio station that are not necessarily conservative. Right, because that's the beauty of America. We you have can First work Amendment. anywhere. So uh, they. Oh, Mark uh, Duplass is. Uh, who is he? He's uh, the husband of Megan Kelly. Oh, okay. Let's see. Oh, Alana Urak. That's who plays Janine Pirro. She used to be on Beekman's World. <laughs> okay. Okay, because I was like, I didn't recognize her. But anyway, she goes around uh, giving all the women Team Roger t shirts. Oh. And some of them don't want to wear those. And Richard Kind, who's just one of our greatest character actors, mm-hmm. he plays Rudy Giuliani. And really? uh, it's pretty good. And then there's a Bill O'Reilly guy. And so, so they and all. And there's a Sean Hannity guy. Yeah, and... the Sean, they're, they're all, you know, they look like them, they act like them. What's interesting about this movie is I think it's a very well written script, but Jay Roach directed it mm-hmm. and he's responsible for the Austin Powers movies. Yeah. And he did the Sarah Palin movie Game Changer on HBO. Right. So he's already dipped his toes in the politics as well. Yeah. It's slick. It's good. It's engrossing to me. Now, I know um, a, a, a man who's a fellow film critic who thinks that it makes all white guys look terrible in the workplace. But I think this story is not unlike... Is Shepard Smith in the movie? No. I don't think what happened uh, at NBC with Matt Lauer and CBS with... uh, Les Moonves and Charlie Rose, and then, of course, Harvey Weinstein, all that came out. But this was first. This was before all that. But I also think people can relate if they have had a toxic workplace. Yeah, but Shepard, it's weird that Shepard, Shep Smith's not in the movie. He's He was there, like, since, from the beginning. Yeah. Well, they don't have everybody. It, you know, they concentrate on maybe Maybe he is, and maybe I'm just forgetting because I saw it, like, three weeks ago. Has uh, <laughs> anybody from Fox News come out about this movie? No. No, they they haven't mentioned it. They haven't said anything about it. They're ignoring it. Yeah. They're just going to act like it doesn't exist. They live in a bubble. See, that that's why I think it will win awards 
or now be nominated for awards so that they will have to mention it. <laughs> you know, if we nominate Bombshell, the Fox News will have to mention it when they mention all the best actress or best supporting actress. Yeah. Yes. Well, well the, the strength is the acting. Well, yeah. <clears throat> right? Right. All right. So before we get to the best movie of the week, um, except you really like Bombshell. Did you see the ta- – I'm mad at Terrence Malick. I'm not watching anything else of his. I s- started watching Hidden Life, and so did Charlie. And? And um, I was really tired, so about half hour into it, I had to go to bed. Well, then I also checked IMDb, and so it was a three-hour movie, and I'm like, yeah, I'm out. It's beautifully shot. Well, yes, they're it's, all beautifully yeah. shot. They're yeah, just garbage. They're it's like a silent movie oh. about – the growth of Nazism and Hitler oh, in wonderful. Austria. And it's a farmer who starts having second thoughts about being in the army during World War II. And he has to take a loyalty oath to Hitler. Oh, lovely. There's a lot of um, lines in the film that are interesting. Like, I don't, one of them, like this farmer saying, I don't see why people don't see the evil. Like oh, the evil is evil, and I understand. Yeah, and there's all sorts of lines like that, but there's very few lines. I will say it's really like a silent movie, and it's slow. Don't you think, Charlie? What? Well, yeah. After 20 minutes of watching it, and then I checked, it was three hours. I was, I was out. <laughs> yeah. See, you can go. Bzzz. So for my complete review, which I will write, I'm going to have to go back and watch the rest of it. But are you going to watch it in one setting? Or are you going to just pick up where you left off? I'm going to pick off where uh, where I left it's off. It's that riveting that you don't want to go back and revisit the stuff you already saw. <laughs> I get the gist of it. It's a lot of shots of this. It's a farmer in Austria. He's growing wheat. His his wife. Oh, it's based on a true story. Oh, and I was going to bring that guy's name, the real guy. So it's based on this real guy standing up okay. to the Hitler regime. I'm guessing he died soon after that. <laughs> and it shows his wife, too. So she's very supportive of him, and they have three daughters. In Austria. Right. Okay. And it shows the townspeople, but it's – and the two leads are unknown to me. Mm-hmm. Very good. And They sent it to us after our award season had right. ended as well. right. And they said a lot of material about it. But the real guy, I meant to look him up. I'm so sorry I didn't. But, yeah, so it's based on a true story. And if you are a fan of that, but if you really want to see a World War II movie about Nazism, I would say watch Jojo Rabbit instead. Yes. It's a much better movie. Right. I'm not going to see Terrence. He's upset me so many times. Well, the last three films of his – to me, the last two are extremely unwatchable, which is the Knight of Cups with Christian Bale mm-hmm. as that director. Yeah, I, I had the uh, experience of going to see a screening of that in Los Angeles. Christian Bale was there. I was very excited to be just— Ooh, Terrence Malick, Christian Bale. It's going to yeah, be great. Yeah, let's, you know, and it was— uh, you know, it was Knight of Cups. And, right. uh, it's incoherent. It was really hard to stay awake. People were shifting in there seats in this uh beautiful theater and it was just difficult i would imagine and then tree alive Uh, i'm not in the camp um i told you some people are going to put it on the best of the decade list i am not in that camp i was very frustrated and upset at how incomplete it was sean penn's character what the heck is that i was two minutes away from walking out 
And I said, if they don't get to Earth really soon with people, because I said, Brad Pitt's in this, Sean Penn's in this, why am I looking at dinosaurs? And, and all that weird stuff. Yeah. And I it, said, well, I, I looked at my watch and I said, if they don't have people in the next five minutes, and, I, and three minutes went by, and with two minutes left, I stayed, and I should have left. I st- that movie's it was my worst movie of the year that year. It was that 2011. Blah. All right, let's get to something yeah, fun. Let's get to good <laughs> let's get something. Yeah, fun. let's get to sorry, the good Terrence stuff. Malick, but I really did not care for that film. And you know what? That's fine because a lot of people did not care for the Last Jedi, even though that is not true. I, I you just hear from a very vocal minority that movie made a billion dollars and it's got as many good reviews as it does bad reviews it's just that the the uh what's the opposite of cream the garbage has risen to the top it is well reviewed a lot of critics think it is the best star wars film since the original trilogy i did not have any problems with the last jedi i didn't have that many problems with the force awakens I don't have any problem. Well, I have a couple problems. I don't have that many problems with The Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9. First of all, we should let people know that it's two hours and 20 minutes. It is PG 13 because, you know, a character's face melts off in a climactic scene and uh, there's violence. There are probably about 12 sword fights and a lot of people get murdered. Yeah, I wouldn't bring little kids to it at all. No. And don't think you're going to see Baby Yoda. No, Baby Yoda <laughs> Baby Yoda is not in it. I actually got asked that on the air this morning. Is Baby Yoda in it? No. Yeah, people the people are Two different Yeah. Times. Right. Right. So Charlie and John both saw it. Okay. So. Which of you gentlemen would like to start? Um Go I ahead. Just just Move got the mic s- down to your face so you don't have to lean down there. Right. Um, just got to see it last night. Um, I saw it last night also. Yeah, very late screening. Did you see it in 3D? Not 3D. Okay. Just IMAX. Okay. Um, oh, see, IMAX. We didn't see it in IMAX. They have it also in IMAX and also in 3D. So several formats to take your money. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I Did you like episode eight? I did. Okay. I did like episode eight. Because some people hate it. Yeah. And what they were talking with, we are talking with our friend Mark Reardon today. He and I were having a hallway conversation. And someone said, I wonder if you hated eight, if you will like this better because there's a lot more fan service, which is, this is more like seven than it is eight. Right. If you would, do you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. What was your overall opinion of the film? I loved it. Good. Yeah. That was, that was my takeaway. I've got a strong connection with my brother as well, watching mm-hmm. all the Star Wars movies. So I, you know, can't right. help but have that, um, Nostalgia? Nostalgia going into it. And uh, I, I definitely focus on all the things I love. Leaving the movie, my brother and I just keep talking about how much we love Star Wars. So mm-hmm. for that, I am forever in love. <laughs> so you liked episode seven, eight, and nine. Did you have anything that you said, ooh, I wish they would have done something different? I did. <laughs> I, had, I had, you know, definitely some bones I could pick with it. Like the story. Yeah. Palpatine's plan. Oh, yeah, Palpatine. It's not a spoiler to say that he's back because he's in the trailers. They do show him in the trailers, yeah. Yeah, Posters. Before before it was just his voice. Now it's his silhouette, and he's in the movie. Mm -hmm. But he's dead. Ish. Darth Vader threw him over. 
Oh, the nerds are talking about that. There's like whole bunches of things. Nerd. No one ever really dies. So it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is, yeah. this is a superhero movie. Right. So people come in and out of memory and yeah. And it's not real. It's fiction. <laughs> right. They can do whatever they want, which is what some of the things that people hated about eight. They're either misogynistic or racist or they didn't like that there was a new direction, that they didn't like the fact that you've been going down this entire path for seven movies and then all of a sudden a new guy comes along and just it wasn't what people thought it was going to be. And so they thought that they had been betrayed or and then there are some people that just didn't like it, which is fine. You are free to have that opinion, but it's still Disney does not care what you think. Mm-hmm. Because right, it's still mm-hmm. going to make a gazillion dollars. So, Charlie, what did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, a very fun movie to mm-hmm. watch, uh, a lot of action. Um, it it was very um, – a lot of moving parts, so you have to pay attention. And if you don't, you're going to lose it. But at the same time, uh, I feel does like Does that matter, it though? No, no, I don't know. No, It's an action film. It is an action film. Um, I really – I thought it was – I thought it was exa- it did exactly what it wanted to do was entertain, be high action and um, fan service, fan service. And overall, the you got something at the end of the movie. It, it was a it's an ending. It's an ending. There Just you- like Marge Simpson said, is it a good ending or a bad ending? It's an ending. <laughs> so I'll tell you my my uh, my pros and cons. OK, so. After 42 years... It's over. Ninth season, ninth episode. Technically, there are 12 films, but that's okay. Go ahead. Right. I was at the first one on uh, opening night in St. Louis, 1977, so I was a big fan. Mm-hmm. Did not, not much care for the middle ones, the prequels. Oh, the prequels. And okay. I was very excited about uh, Force Awakens, and I really liked that a lot. I was not in the love Jedi, Last Jedi camp, but I was looking forward but that's to okay. this. And what, what was the reason you did not care for Last Jedi? I didn't like that Luke was this curmudgeon recluse, and I felt— Yoda was the same thing, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I just I just had some issues with it. I get this and the, feeling— the, the, I'm not saying that Last Jedi is a perfect movie. I'm, I was happy with what the storytellers were telling me of this story. And right. So J.J. Abrams has, has taken it back. Taken over uh, for Colin Trevorrow, who gets a writing credit on this, even though it is widely assumed that he did not write a single word of this movie. Well, <laughs> It has the most writers of any Star Wars film. Yeah, which is kind of by committee. I don't like that Chris Terrio because he wrote the Justice League and he wrote uh Batman versus Superman. And there is a Batman which, versus Superman moment in this movie. And I don't like those movies. And so when I saw him in the credits, I was like, oh no. But I get this feeling and I know you've argued this with me before, Carl. But yes. and I will do again. Yes. Okay. So um before I get into Disney, corporate Disney, I will talk um my favorite things were mm-hmm. um Chewy and C-3PO. You know that they don't call him Chewbacca at all in the movie. They only call him Chewy, which I found weird. Because I watched that again on the second time. I'm like, does anyone call him Chewbacca? No. Interesting. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. does. No. And so I really liked their focus on those two. I liked that 
Poe and Finn are like jaunty bromance kind oh, of. Yeah. Uh, Every, uh, they they did that on purpose. One of my conservative friends did not like the gay kiss, and I said, uh, Poe and Finn should have kissed. They because they were all they Romance. were ready. <laughs> they were romancy, yeah, and they were all actually. Jaunty. There's more chemistry with those two than like a lot of people. But Lucas never wrote well either. Go right, ahead. right. And then I I did like how they completed the Ray and Ren stories. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Here, here's how it goes. Uh, Rose is in love with Finn, who's in love with Ray, who's in love with Ren. Maybe. Yeah. Kind of. And Ren is tortured. I thought Adam Driver did a good job because he's good at showing uh-huh. the tortured soul. And he does a good job at being tortured about killing his dad, Han Solo. What? When did that? No, never. Go ahead. <laughs> And then that's I, a spoiler. That's not a spo- you're not seeing this. If you're if you didn't know that by now, you're not gonna see this movie. <laughs> right. I was gonna say that's not really a spoiler. No, at all. Okay. And well, then, I know a lot of people that stopped after seven because they killed Han Solo. Yeah, I thought. Okay, that's another thing about Last Jedi. I thought that the loss of Han Solo in seven was so. Uh, monumental that it left a big hole in the Last Jedi. Okay. You think they should have brought Lando back for that? I was nice to see Billy D. Williams. They shot around him. He didn't really do much. And I know you don't agree with me on this, but The Empire Strikes Back is still my favorite. No, no. I, I, okay. it's, a, it's a lot of people's favorite. It's so, just not mine. Um, John Williams' score is fantastic. And he's in the movie. Oh, really? He's the bartender at that little bar that they go into. Oh, and yeah. he's the guy with the little eye him. patch. Yeah. That's him. I, I didn't, didn't even, even I didn't catch that at all. That's now I wonderful. have to see it again. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I want you to. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so those are the things I like. Okay. And uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's in it, and Kevin Smith is in it, and somebody else. They're all playing like, in one of those scenes where everybody's running around, they're in one of those scenes. This movie is very hyperkinetic. It's, it's very, very busy. It's, it's very busy. And in fact, a friend of mine who did not care for the movie, he said he didn't he doesn't hate it. He loves all things Star Wars, but he just didn't like it. And he said there's a scene that we all know what scene we're talking about where where it slows down. And he said that was his favorite scene in the movie. And I said, "Is that your favorite scene in the movie because it slows down in this massive action film with a lot of semi-plot?" Or is it because of the characters in the film? And he said both. In that scene, there are two characters, and they're talking. They're just standing there talking. But the fact is, th- it's the only time the film really actually takes a breath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very busy. It's very busy, and you feel very anxious, and uh, there's so much going on, and there's the introduction of new characters. And yeah, But uh, they, they did that in uh, they every did that one of them. In, in, every, in one every of them. ending one. They have to right. introduce more people. Sure. Especially, look at Return of the Jedi. You have the entire Ewoks that they they in, introduce a whole new species that winds up helping them. I think that J.J. Abrams uh, satisfactorily uh checked the boxes and uh, answered the questions. I'm just, uh, this is the way I feel, and it's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was Which so, is, It's um, valid. 
What is your opinion? Mm-hmm. Just spit it out. Come okay. on. Don't be sad. <laughs> uh, I was so invested in Leah and Han mm-hmm. and Luke's relationship in the first three. And then when... They're the, split up in the second one. Yeah. And then... The, and then they're split up again in the third right. one. Right. And then the... Uh, per- and they really don't have a whole bunch of scenes together in the first one. But I'm emotionally invested in them. Okay. And then the prequel ones, oh my God... That Hayden Christensen, what a wooden actor, plank of wood. But that's not true. Ooh. He's a, he can act, just not in anything that George Lucas wrote. <laughs> oh my goodness, it just was just insane. And we were out in L.A. watching the first one at Grauman's Chinese Theater. It in was 99? a big event, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the they had a curtain mm-hmm. and it opened, and the Star Wars theme sounded, and everybody in the theater applauded. And then when R two D two spoke, everybody applauded. <sighs> And it was just this experience. And that then, is my. And then you get to the pod race, and you get to Jar Jar Binks, and you're like, oh. Okay, let's 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 move. On. Let's go back to that. Yeah. First of all, R two D two is wasted in this movie. He doesn't yes. do anything. No. Yeah, not a no. single thing. R two D two had nothing to do. So of course they, uh, uh, then they bring on Dio, the uh, emotionally damaged droid. Because I don't know. And then they also, they listen to you. Just like after episode one and everyone hated Jar Jar Binks, they kind of reduced his role, even though he's a major catalyst in episode three. They heard what you said about uh, Rose uh, Rose Trico, that you didn't like her. You didn't like her being in love with Finn. You didn't like her as a character. You didn't like the, well, the Canto Bite things, the whole, whatever. But... J.J. Abrams heard you, and he said, you know what? We're not going to have her do anything either in this movie. Yeah, they kind of waste her. And then they have the new Carrie Russell character, and then they have the other uh, female who's, oh, I forgot her name. Maz? Yeah. Well, that, Le, no, not Lepuda? that one. Yeah, that's oh, Lupita. Uh, but the other one, the the Aki. Aki. Yes. Um, her, uh, Jenna. Yeah. So that's her character. They keep, I just think Disney, okay, being a corporate What's wrong with they're that? gonna they're uh, they're all about the merch which they're gonna make a gazillion dollars but i just feel like it's this template like this is like okay we're gonna have ha ha ha, ha humor the and then we're gonna have the romance and then we're gonna have the action and then we're gonna have all these things and then we're gonna have like 25 percent asian and 25 percent diversity naomi aki is the person that's it and uh you can feel some formula absolutely that's that's and I yeah. just can't help it because Lucas, at least, was so visionary at the time, and then he stepped away from now, it. Now, hold on a second. Was he visionary, or did he just steal a whole bunch of uh, Japanese and gunslinger stuff? Yeah, he probably did, but uh, <laughs> isn't all isn't – all, there's only like five stories in, in entertainment, True. and they're all recycled, Now, right? did you like Richard E. Grant? Yes, I did. I was happy to see him because he was a nominee for, and didn't he win our award last year uh, for uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? That was nice. And I, I'm a big fan of Domino Gleason, so I liked what happened. Bill well, Weasley? Yeah. I also, I mean, I... Stupid Weasley. I um, can't say, but his story, I'm glad that... His, his story, story makes sense. Yes. And uh, as we were saying, Laputa, she is wasted. wasted. Totally wasted. But, but they brought everybody back with like, oh, you did like this from the first movie. Let's put it in here. Right. So I like that Ray is a Jedi. I like oh, yeah. that a lot. Let's talk about your big three. You're supposed to be in love with these big three like you were in love with your other big three. Right. Do you care about Poe, Finn, and Ray? I I um 
I do, but not as, I don't know. It's just, she's, I know they had to bring the other people back, but. Do you but, think she's a Mary Sue? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think she's a Mary Sue. I think that they edited it <laughs> that she's a Mary Sue. But if you would have, if they would have left, there's a whole bunch of deleted scenes from episode seven that show she's not a Mary Sue. And that she, if, for those of you who don't know what a Mary Sue is, that is a character that is written to be perfect and every and she knows she she's a Jedi immediately. She does everything. She she just uh she talks her way. She tricks Daniel Craig and she gets out of she gets out of uh bindings other because she just knows how to do all these things. That's not the way she was written, but some people could not handle a woman in the lead. And so well she's just a Mary Sue. Well, I th- I like that she's so attached to Leah and Luke. Mm-hmm. I like that because she doesn't really have a family, and she's still searching for her family. And I They're thought the her way adoptive they, family. Yeah, I like the way they um, wrapped that up, and I didn't see that coming at all. A, no, no. I, I, I really like the way she, you know, her character sh- struggling with the two sides of the force. Right, which is why. No, you can't say that. Never mind. Which is why. That's why. So um, I'm a big, huge fan of Adam Driver. Yeah. And I like the whole mask part. That was really good. That's because they wanted to put the mask back on him. Because I he destroyed the mask is awesome. Yeah. Now, now, see, that's another thing. Now, do you consider them going, see, Ryan Johnson was wrong to destroy the mask. We'll give him back his mask. Do you think that's a little retconny? You, feels, John does. It feels a little bit, yeah. There are several scenes where... It's all from what we've learned about in Star Wars. It's all in a certain point of view. Max and I were talking the other day. We did. Max and I did a spoiler cast. If you go to kthrs.com, you can hear us talking big, deep, deep issues. spoilers and what we what we were upset about. Because Max, Max cried several he times. He cried three times. I yeah. almost cried once, and that's – but then when I saw it the second time, I almost cried in a different spot. Were you one of the applauders no. at a certain scene? No, there was a guy that kept – he was in front of me to my left, and he – and I think I know who it is, but I don't want to call him out. But we're, we're already calling him out because of anyone that was there already knows who it is. Um, my thing is that – I lost my train of thought. Uh, the Emperor's Plan – I that's bad story writing. <laughs> I don't think the emperor really has a plan and then just everything happens the way he thought it was going to be. So I don't know I don't know if the writing is really good. <laughs> I also think they tried to overcorrect from the Ryan Johnson. Right. Mm. Oh that's 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 what I was saying. Right. From a certain point of view, there are certain scenes that People that hate eight will go, exactly, this is what we were talking about, and they're trying to correct it. But there are also certain scenes that people that love eight will go, see, they're just reinforcing everything that I said about eight. And it's divine. It's a very perilous, narrow path that they are trying to walk. The people that say they hate eight, and the people that hate eight, and the people that loved eight. So J.J. Abrams really had to try to go down this very narrow path and try to make everyone happy. And I I think he succeeded as much as he could in the corner that he was written into. And I don't think that's Ryan Johnson's fault. I think it's the toxic fandom that exists currently. Right. Is He's trying to answer the fans. Go ahead. Well, do you think it was a mistake trying to go for three directors? Or should they have 
just gone J.J. Abrams to have one singular focus rather than try to do three. And then obviously the third director went out and then J.J. Abrams had to pick the pieces up. I, okay. If you look at the first three, they're all directed by different people. And the second one was directed by the Maverick, Irvin Kirshner, who um, George said, you don't have to do this that well. And then when uh, they, he was not asked back for Return of the Jedi, and Lucas picked his own. And then George did all three of the prequels himself. So you have history on your side <laughs> to tell you. But you know, as I say all the time, every movie, especially Star Wars, every movie, somebody's favorite movie is Attack of the Clones. There is somebody out there... Phantom Menace is their favorite film. And you know what? It's a lot of people's favorite films because that's the first one they saw in the theater. That's right. the first one. And they're like, they're like they're, they are defenders. No matter what we feel after seeing all of these as, well, I saw the first one when I was six. But you seeing all of these as adults, you are going to like the first three better. Sure. Because these films are for children. Right. <laughs> these are children's right, films. Right, right. And they, I think because I also... Carl, because you and Max are supreme fans and you are so ultra passionate. You've read the books. You've seen all the auxiliary material. In the the spoiler cast, you'll learn that basically this this is a comic book legend from Dark Horse. This the basic structure of this story is a comic book that Disney said, uh, this is legends. This doesn't count. And they took the basic story frame of one of those comic books from the books that are now called legends that don't exist in Disney's world, and they just brought it back. So, and like not watching The Mandalorian or anything like that. I have just stuck with the movies. I will say— And there are the, people that do that. Right. Which is I will say the best thing about the prequels was Ewan McGregor as mm-hmm. uh, Obi-Wan young Kenobi. Obi-Wan. That was just awesome, and there were. And good he's going to do a Disney Plus show. And they 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 did have really good people. I was so happy to have uh, Leah and Han back in Force Awakens, and then Carrie Fisher's untimely death threw a wrench into that. And here, that is well, that is better than I. It turned out better than I thought it was going to turn out. Even though in the second viewing. That's when I was going, all right, I wonder what movie this was actually originally shot for. Uh, oh, was this from Last Jedi or was this from Force Awakens? Oh, wow. Because she just has wild lines that are very generic. She's not specific about anything, which is fine. It's what they had to work with. I'm glad she's a part of the film. And she's actually billed first. She's the first name that comes up in the credits. Well, another thing is I think that uh, Leah was such a spunky character that it's it's unsettling at times to see her being this wise woman well, with a few— Max uh, and I were arguing which which did they have to shoot around more. Did they have to shoot more around Carrie Fisher? Did they have to shoot more around Billy D. Williams, who— He's walking with a cane, and in the trailer you see him running down a hallway. <laughs> And if you notice, they don't really shoot, besides some really wide shots, they don't really shoot Billy Dee Williams anywhere below the chest. He's basically, hey, how you doing? But he still has that charisma that you love about him. Sure, sure. What was the commercial he did? Well, you were Colt 45. Yeah, Colt 45. Yeah, well, Billy at the time, he he did uh, Empire Strikes Back. He was quite the hot uh, actor. Yeah, but wasn't Mahogany like 1974? 
No, that, that yeah. it was a he Lady was, Sings the Blues. Yeah, Lady Sings the Blues. Mahogany was the him. song. Right. right. Well, no, he was in Mahogany, too. They've teamed Diana Ross and Billy Dilly Williams twice. Okay. But Lady Sings the Blues, when she played Billie Holiday, and he played her... That's lo- when he was a, Yeah, that beautiful. was when he was just the man. Yeah. So it's nice to see him back. It was nice to see there are a lot, there is there is a callback to all previous eight films, right? And I in, enjoyed that, and uh, I was happy to see that. I um, think that they try really hard, maybe too hard at sometimes, but I do think for ultra fans like yourself, I think that you get the answers that you're looking for. And all right, did you read Dan's review? No, I haven't. Dan did not care for the film. I know. I know he's being blunt and honest. And I, I wanted to write my review without having to read anybody else's. Smart. So that's why I... Dan did not care for the film. He says it's too much. And I understand. I can understand why some people would say it's too much. Well, it takes... It's a very daunting task he had to take. Yeah. Well, it takes a while to get to the story. That's my big beef. Uh, I know this is totally not the star wars way but a lot of like harry potter they broke up the the film in two different pieces do you think that would have been better even it wouldn't have been the true trilogy but i i'm just just trying to throw it out there but they but they also as they close all these doors and windows they do open it up uh you think uh lando and jenna could go on some little trip which uh it, it's it's weird. The people of color also are all. It's like a high school lunch table. They have all the people of color on one side of the room, and then they have all the white people on the other side of the room. It's just it was it was weird. Mm-hmm. But it was it, it's. I understand what they what they were doing. They're saying, hey, let's have these two people of color go off on an adventure together. I would actually watch that show. I think also uh, some of the look of the film is not very nice. Looking. Yeah, that's what our buddy Jim Tudor said. He says it's the worst shot film since Solo, which oh, I which was know. oh, don't even get me started about how dark and er- uh, inky that was. But I will say the Armada scene is mm-hmm. visually stunning. Yeah, I found a lot of visually stunning scenery in it. So that uh, I, I I see what, where you're going with. Uh, yeah, some of it is hard and weird to look at, some of it. But I feel like they also bring in a lot of the like old school aesthetic. They've done a good job with like old animatronics uh-huh. and you know, just that old Star Warsy feel. Also marrying that with all of the updated, you know, CGI that kids are growing up with and are used to seeing. Right. A couple of years ago, well, they still do this. WTBS and TNT have been showing all the Star Wars movies, like back to back, and I watched is it, is them. It on Spike or now is it on TNT? I think it's TNT. I think it's TNT. Um, also. Two years ago, three years ago, they're now all on uh, Disney. Plus. Sixteen December two thousand sixteen. I watched. I had really bad bronchitis, and I watched like a whole bunch of them all at once, like in chronological order. So wait a minute. You mean four, five, six, one, two, three, or mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm, two, three, mm-hmm, four, mm-hmm, five, six? Mm-hmm, okay. And then it ended with Force Awakens. So that was the TBS marathon. Yeah, and I watched like pretty much all of it, and it, and then the ones I didn't watch, I caught when they started. Didn't they put Rogue again. One in there too? I know because Rogue One hadn't been out yet. Okay. Yeah. So it was very interesting to see the primitive special effects. 
Because now we have state of the art and CGI. Yeah, but that's and what the special editions were for. Yeah. So George could go yeah. back and fix all that stuff. Now my children, when when they released what? the Star Wars, uh, twenty years later, um, 1997. 1997, I took them all to see them on the big screen. That I, TV commercial was amazing. I took you to see yep. for Star 20- Wars, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. That was all at the uh, BAC Theater in uh, Belleville. Belleville. Uh, rest in peace. The uh, the commer- TV commercial for that was amazing. They said for 20 years, the only way you could see Star Wars is this. And they had a little TIE fighter, and it was in a little itty bay box. And then all of a sudden, an X-Wing came up and blew it up. And then the TV blew up, too, and said, but now it's going to be back for the big theater. And they did three weeks apiece. It was, it was weird. They were going to do three weeks of Star Wars and then two weeks of Empire and then two weeks of Jedi. But what they did, they were making so much money, they made them all three weeks long. And I remember uh, I saw all three of them again, and I saw the third one at a theater that doesn't exist anymore. It was in the the Hooters Plaza off of Lindbergh. There was like a second-run theater there, I guess the Lindbergh. Was it the Keller? No, no, no. This was, this was either – this was farther east than that. Okay. And not as far south. But it's where that Hooters is and the Home Depot. <laughs> there was a theater in there. Oh, but wow. <laughs> yeah, well, back in the day. But, yeah, it was it was just fun to see him on the big screen again. And that got and George saying, hey, to... let's do episode one. Yeah, because we don't want. All right, so I figured you and Max would have a lot a spoiler of cast. Well, you would know. Like, you probably caught all the Easter eggs. There, I, yes, there was one. In fact, Mark Cox from 97.1 I went, ooh, and he, this was also a thing that he talked about. He's like, I was very nice to you. I did not talk to you during the film, even though I had questions the entire time. And he, the one he said, who did you go ooh for? And I said, there was a character in the first three films that makes a one scene appearance. He's in the, I, honestly, it pro, he probably was on the sound stage for 30 minutes. They put him in his outfit, and he says he's flying an X-Wing. And then I'm like, it's really cool because they asked. This was one of the people that they asked to come back for seven to play a major role. And he said, nope. But he came back for one scene, and he's on the, he's in the credits. And you'll find out who I'm talking about when you see the movie. Now I want to see it again. You should. Why wouldn't you? I'm actually going tonight uh, to watch it with my little brother, so. Pretty so are you going to try to see it in IMAX or 3D or just uh, uh, I, uh, I you think don't know I don't I actually I don't know I didn't buy the tickets I'm just going so we'll see I honestly don't really like 3D uh, to be honest I don't know if it's my, my I have a bad eye and I don't know if I it's my depth perception it doesn't work what. for you I don't yeah I just don't know if it works for me so but anyway I didn't uh, I didn't buy the tickets so if I saw it in 3D I'm not going to be mad that I paid an extra five dollars because I did not pay for it so I'm not a big fan of the 3D. John, will you see it again? I will absolutely see it again. I can't wait. So, Lynn, you're going to see it again? Yeah. All right. I know Max is seeing it again. I don't. I want to know if Danny's going to see it again. Probably not. Pro- I mean, he's he's probably moved on to other things, but you never know. 
You know, sometimes I think when you go see them really late at night, that's a disadvantage. No, but the last movie you and I saw really late at night was Dark Phoenix. And I know. that movie did suck. It did. Uh, we got other four. <laughs> but the mo- but it was not good. No, it's not, it wasn't. It, but, you know, but the thing is, it's also forgettable. He's like, why didn't you uh, nominate Dark Phoenix? And I said, because I had forgotten about Dark Phoenix. Midsummer is my least favorite movie of the year because I remember that Midsummer is my least favorite movie of the year. There are movies that I saw and don't remember. And sorry. So I know. And I didn't see some of the really bad ones. Of exactly. The year. That's a lot of people say. That's why I do most disappointing rather than worst movies of the year. Because I rather I'd it's more upsetting when you're disappointed in something. Something like glass, where you have something that you, it's gonna be you think it's going to be here or something like leg. I'm telling you all of them for next week anyway, but Lego movie two, where your expectations are right here and then they deliver that, but, or then, uh, no, I'm not going to give any more out. Yeah. So getting back to, Oh, so, uh, moving on to, uh, next week, we're going to have Christmas day opens little women, yeah. which I put on my top 10 list. You did. I did. Cause uh, you like women. Uh, <laughs> Well, spoiler alert. No, hold on. Is this the fourth or fifth version of this? Uh, Well, we had the- 1939. Yeah, we had that Catherine Hepburn version. Elizabeth Taylor. We had the Elizabeth Taylor version. We had the 1994 one with Winona Ryder, which was a perfect movie, I will say. Mm -hmm. And then also starring Christian Bale. And then we had uh, a PBS version with Ethan Hawke's daughter. Does that count? No, I guess not. I because it was a mini series, and this was, so this is the fourth film fourth version, one. fourth one. Okay, um, I yeah, have but to, the, the difference between the nineteen thirty nine version versus the nineteen ninety four or the fifty four. So that's only twenty years, and then yeah, that one there wasn't the one in the seventies. So they waited forty years between those. Mm-hmm. They they figured. Hollywood thought, you know, for we got two of them. We're fine. Except they made uh, A Star is Born every 20 years also. Right. Well, they've always used an exceptional female cast yeah. for these parts. I will have to do full disclosure about Little Women. is my favorite book growing up. And uh, when you have to ask, you know, a lot of people say To Kill Mockingbird is their favorite book. I but I book. still have partial Little Women. And people look at me like, really? And I said... An aspiring writer in a poor family who puts on shows with her sisters. Like, um, hello, <laughs> you think that spoke to me? So were you a May Alcott then? I am a big fan of Louisa May Alcott. I read all her books, or as many as I could, of that genre. And I know some people think the it's sappy, mm-hmm. but I like the March family and what they stand for. It's a Civil War story. They're poor family because their dad's off fighting the Civil War. And even though they're poor, they give what they can of their breakfast and everything to this really poor family. And then it's four girls mm-hmm. growing up. You like it. And the aspiring writer, she's very independent and spunky. Uh, but she does have a relationship with her neighbor Lori what? who in 1994 was played by Christian Bale but in 2019 is played by Timothy Chalamet mm. who's great and Tracy Letts is in this and he's so good as her publisher mm-hmm. and Laura Dern 
is uh, uh, Marnie, their mm-hmm. mom. Marmie, their mom. And, uh, and she's supposed to be amazing in it as well. Yes. And Meryl Streep plays Aunt March, <laughs> who's a total snob. And she's wonderful as this total snob. Who is? Uh, Meryl Streep. Oh. The Meryl Streep. Never heard of her. Yeah, the uh, Meryl Streep. Also- and the daughters are Emma Watson from mm-hmm. the Harry Potter, uh, Potter series. Harry, as- Harry Potter's yeah, very sorry. different <laughs> movie. <laughs> and Florence Pugh. From Midsummer. Or let's let's stay positive and say from fighting with my family. Yes, and she's very good as Amy. And Amy, spoiler alert, Amy hooks up with Lori. What? No. Because yeah, they're both in Europe. Okay. That's what society people you see their You see their then. wedding in the trailers. Yeah, and so I'm not giving you anything that... And, it's beautifully and the shot. book's been around for 100 years. Yes, so. <laughs> and, and Greta Gerwig, who did Lady Bird. Wow. Yes. Saoirse Ronan just is luminous. She mm-hmm. lights up the screen. She's one of my favorite actresses. Everything she does, I just love. Really? And yeah. Brooklyn? I love Brooklyn. I hate Brooklyn. I know. And people, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I do. Anyway. You can love it. Lady Bird, <laughs> she's so fabulous. She is. Lady Bird. Yeah. She, and even it. Atonement, which if you've never seen Atonement. She's a bitch. She won. She was a kid. Mm-hmm. And she got an Oscar nomination because she ruins the romance between James McAvoy and Kira Knightley. Oh, yes, that's what the whole thing's about. And she's a Tony. It's great she's, movie. She's it's Tony probably one that. of my favorite World War One. You just movies. gave away the. You you, you just <laughs> said if you've never seen Atonement, here you should see it, and here's how it ends. Well, the thing is, it's 2007 movie. Come on. You just said if you've never seen it, you recommend it to it, and then you told them how the movie ends. Well, there's it's more complicated than that. But it is, just like just uh, I want to preface uh, Rise of Starwalker, Skywalker. Very complicated. What did I say? Starwalker. Star. It's Star Killer, by the okay. way. But go ahead. <laughs> Very complicated. It is, and the whole thing. I'm just. I'm back. Someone asked here. me today if they've never seen any Star Wars movie, <laughs> could they come in and see this? And I said, you could if you just thought of it as an action film. But you would be lost. Yeah, I told people absolutely no. If you've never seen a Star Wars movie, this is not. They the one would to start know with. enough through osmosis. The first Godfather I saw was three. So wow. oh 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. But but going back with uh, just just real quick about uh-huh. the Skywalker, uh-huh. the whole telepathic thing between Ray and that's Ren. the Force bond. Hello. But she knew she could. But you, but you needed to see. You needed to see episode eight to understand that. Right. Yeah. And also, I think so. You that's could, something you could that get they by. brought from eight that they kept. They kept that. You, you I could, like that. Yeah, you could get by without seeing the prequels. So you need to see the what? first three and the last. No, three. that's not true. There. I think. Here's how it goes. You watch four and five, then you can watch. You can skip one. It, but you shouldn't. Then you watch one, two, three, because then since you find out Luke's his father, then you hear the backstory behind that, and then you watch six, and then you watch seven, eight, nine. That's how you're supposed to do it. That's that's the machete edit. The machete edit says you take out one. You go four, five, two, three, six. Hmm. Okay. Weave them in. All right. So back to Little Women. It's a gorgeously shot film. Back to what's coming out on uh, Christmas Day. We're done with Little Woman. You will talk about that next week. Well, it's uh, Christmas Day. Coming out on Christmas Day, Spies in Disguise and Uncut Gems. 
Uncut Gems. Which, so much better than Little Women. Okay, what what you would talk about Uncut Gems? Uh, yeah. So I watched this last night. I'm still thinking about it. Um, it's great. It kind of messed me up. It's great. Um, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Um, it's it's cinema it's by, verite shot. Yeah. Almost. So um, it's by the directors who did um, Good Time. Mm-hmm. And if for anybody who hasn't watched Good Time, I would highly recommend watching. Why don't that you tell one. them how it ends? Uh, watch that just to kind of get your bearings on what you're going to be experiencing for uncut gems Uh, no i went into uncut gems uh, aware of their work but i was blown away by what they did no i i totally agree i am just i don't know i don't know why i would suggest that you don't have to at all i just think i just love both those I, I just love good time. Our buddy I, I Max think, believes there's only one of them, and they're not really two brothers. Benny and Rick. Josh. Yes. And, they and that's, have a, the, that's their Twitter. It's their first names together. They have a distinct style. It's very hyperkinetic. It's very high wire. It is. I rooted for a basketball game. This is yeah. so. <laughs> this is so. It, anxiety it, riddled. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're on the edge of your seat, and you're moving around because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And it's it's just, it's incredible how they can bait you so, like, just, yeah, it's just incre- incredible he, he's how a they degenerate can bait you. Just gambler. Like, yeah. He's a degenerate oh, no gambler. no redeeming qualities. None. He's a horrible oh, yeah, human being. I to see what the movie's about, but yeah, go ahead. No, but. <laughs> Other than just generalities of the, of the intenseness, but yes, please, go on. But no, he's, he's always looking for the next big thing, and he has... He has an in to get to. He's behind in a lot of things. Yes, and he thinks, and he's always looking for the next way out. He's his head is barely above water. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, a drug addict for um, gambling. He's, you know, he, he's always looking for the next big hit. But right. he's also looking for the next big high because he's always not not with drugs. Gambling's his right. high, yeah. but he also lives on a razor edge of getting caught for the dumbest things possible. He's he has not made very wise choices in his life. Nope. No, and he's just an adrenaline junkie of danger. He lives on the he lives on the edge. But he's comfortable on the edge. I don't I I think his character if he had a the normal life with his wife and kids in Long Island, I that, that's what was killing him. That's why he needs a side piece. That's why he needs to gamble. That's why he's not comfortable with any of that. He needs something more. And he gets it. Or doesn't get it. It's a great cast. Yeah. Idina Menzel plays his wife. I and was not familiar with Julia Fox, but she's she she's, she's a very, friend she's a friend of the filmmakers. Oh, she's very good in it and she's very natural. Uh Eric Bogosian. Oh my gosh, is very good. But you guys spoiled it for me. I'm sorry. Then, I didn't know yeah. that you right. hadn't yeah. seen it. And then um, uh, Judd Hirsch mm-hmm. plays Kevin the Garnett. You'll never look at again the same way ever. Which is that's fine. They actually wrote the movie about Kobe, and then once they got Garnett, they changed everything to. That's why it takes place at that uh, time. At that, they wrote the movie yeah. for Kobe, but he can't do it. Or won't and whatever, but that the whole thing could have been based in L.A. or it had them coming to New York right. and doing all that stuff. But 
once they got Kevin Garnett, that's when everything switched to that time period and that that situation. And they have a lot of uh, natural-looking supporting guys that I don't know who their names are, but they fit their parts so well. The, that's that's due to the way it's shot. It's almost like cinema verite documentary style. It's very close. You're in close quarters most of the time. There aren't a lot of wide shots in this film. No, and yeah, it, yeah exactly. You, yeah, that's a perfectly. And yeah. the jewelry business. I mean, when do you? But see they were on Jewelry Row. That is, that's a real spot in New York City. Yeah. Um. So you're familiar with all I that. I am very familiar with Jewelry Row. I actually work um a few blocks away from it, and I went there. Um, looking for engagement rings uh, way back Woo-hoo. a few months Congratulations, ago. Congratulations, yeah, oh, I am in, now engaged. Uh, so You never congratulate the woman. You always congrat the, congratulate the man. You're not supposed to congratulate the woman because then it gives the false impression that you never thought she was going to get married mm. in the first place. Yeah. I guess I never thought about that. But yeah, so I, I actually was familiar with going up in a building and having a buzz mm-hmm. and do all of that. Well, so you when can I was do watching that here it, in Clayton. Well, what, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm just saying I'm not I, – I never, you I never it. went to there before, and then when I was watching it, I'm like, oh yeah, I actually have done that. So it was, just, I don't know, that's, I connected with that. And then <laughs> the uncut gem is, it's it's a Maltese Falcon, it's a MacGuffin, <laughs> but it's a beautiful stone. Whatever, I mean, who who came up? I mean, to me, it's fascinating. Like, how did you come up with this? And you go from the Ethiopian uh, Ethiopian mines, blood, blood diamonds, yeah. And then you go through you this. Don't, you don't <laughs> think that when you – the opening scene of the movie has zero and 100% to do with everything in the movie. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, it has nothing to do with it and everything to do with it. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much. And I'm so glad that Adam Sandler won Best Actor in our St. Louis Film Critics Association. And he also – didn't he get New York Film Critics or some – Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. So he's 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 on the list of uh, – he's on the short list of maybes. He, he didn't probably get, will get nominated. Didn't he get nominated for SAG too? Somebody shut him out. Was oh. it Golden Globes? Yeah, probably Golden Globes. Yeah. I will say there are some classic Sandler moments uh, in there. Just he's still playing you, a character. Yeah, if uh, I mean, if you're familiar with Sandler's work, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> in the movie of uh, of some of his. He does like, some of his famous voices. Sandler yeah. uh, moments. Well, Jimmy um, Fallon says he only has four voices. Yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly. And um, he's doing I, three of them in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't do the little yeah. boy voice, but he does all the rest of them. Yeah. Speaking of, oh, you saw the murder mystery, and you really I did. like I, that. I, it was better than I thought. This is when. This is what I think a Netflix film is. He's re- he's had a really good year, but then a lot of the movies that he's done for now, the Dustin Hoffman movie that he did, the with, Meyer. Uh, what is it? The Myers Witch. Oh, the Meyer Witch story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched that last week. And? I enjoyed it. And how is Adam Sandler I in it? I love Adam Sandler. He's so endearing. Exactly. That's the thing about every time I see an Adam Sandler comedy, I go, after Jack and Jill, I did. I never saw Jack and Jill. I never saw Jack and Jill. I didn't either. Because uh, what was the one right before it? It might have been Zohan. I said, I think, I think I'm done with Adam Sandler. No, I think it was uh, The Grown Ups too. Grown, or... I liked Grown Ups too. I like Grown Ups and Grown Ups too. Yeah, I actually, I, I actually like Zohan. I, I'll just say that. That's another New York. That's, that's another New York, York story. Well, that's what he. At first, he reminded me of that in Uncut Gems. I thought, oh, okay, he's kind of looking like 
that character a little bit. But uh, when he hosted SNL last May, that is the episode that won the Emmy. Right, it's because of the Farley song, which he'd already done on the Netflix special. Yeah. But I hadn't seen it. Okay. Cried my eyes out. Well, yes, but that... But everyone that saw his Netflix special had already seen that. Yeah. And they shouldn't have done it at the end of the show. They should have done it at the beginning of the show. They could have actually done it in the monologue. They would have had everybody crying all night. And it would have been, it would have been bigger than what you saw because that, that's not a 10-to-1 sketch. That, that should have been earlier in the show. And uh, um, as an aside, Eddie Murphy is hosting this SNL this week. Yes. And everybody's looking forward to it being legendary and i hope it is with lizzo as his musical guest yeah she i hope it's epic i, I hope it's right i i really think it's going to be epic and uh especially with lizzo as a musical i guest. wonder if I they're going to get her to act awesome. at all or, think, or play the so. flute <laughs> and they'll have other people in it because you know the christmas one they always bring back a lot of people mm-hmm. in it so it'll be interesting to see who they all bring in but Adam Sandler's had a good movie. Murder Mystery is what I thought a Netflix film should be before they got like Roma and all these prestige like The Irishman or Two Popes. Even no, Two Popes that's Netflix also too. Yeah, right? and but, it, and it started today streaming. Okay, and the Marriage Story. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Never um, watch it again. Yeah, he's never. Cool. Right. Well, I, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. It's you should watch it once. Oh, wait, you're getting married. Maybe not. <laughs> well, you got to go. It should be called a divorce story. It is about keeping a family together. But I will say the acting, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. have never been better. Laura Dern, also And great. Laura Dern might win the supporting actress. I think it's going to be between her and Margot Robbie. Well, Don't you think? Probably. And so, Alan yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a great cast. Julie Fogarty, uh, Julie Haggerty, Haggerty as her mom from uh, Airplane, and Merritt Weaver uh, I, as her sister. I will say um, Netflix of our top ten movies, the St. Louis Film Critics. Four of them were Netflix movies. Four out of the ten. That's crazy. Two Popes, Irishman, The Irishman. Marriage Story and Dolomite is my name. Dolomite oh, is my Dolomite. name. Those were all four of our top ten. Carl, we need to mention what won our awards. Oh yeah, last Sunday. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood basically won everything. Yeah, it was. It swept. It won nine of the ten nominations. And it was nominated for ten. <laughs> and we had a dead heat for screenplay between Marriage Story and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, we gave which I a, voted for. Um, I either voted for Booksmart or Parasite. For original. I voted for Parasite for original, but when we had the tie, I voted for Bombeck. Oh, well, I negated your vote, which is why there was a tie. Which is why we have 18 members. We had nine. nine. Well, we, just to make a point on Booksmart, I watched that on a plane a few months ago, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. How could you see that? Did you watch? It, they, they weren't showing it, were they? Or you were watching? No, I wa- you, you get to pick. You know, okay. Yeah. But was it a clean version of that? Was it an airport safe version or was it? I, I don't know because I didn't see the other the, one to compare it. Yeah, uh, but you know, I was just on my my little screen mm-hmm. in front of me and watched it, and I, I and then she throws up. I like I like. 
Ah, I don't so like fun. I don't like people throwing up in movies. I'll just tell you that right now. It's a great. It's one of my pet peeves. It is. Yeah, I know. It's one of my. It's one of my pet peeves, and and they have it more and more and more in movies. The last five years, I will say this: it's like, what is the deal with that? Um, so Growing up sells tickets. Yeah, <laughs> there's only and, one uh, movie opening up next week. Well, not next week, but January third. No, uh, the remake of The Grudge. Oh dear lord! Yeah, that's uh, why but, they're putting it in. That, oh, that's well, January putting... 10th comes out 1917 and yeah. Just Mercy. Just Mercy. So now those are, that's different. January is usually the dumping ground for films, but in St. Louis, we're getting films that have already opened other places. Yeah, you just said Just Mercy, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just Mercy. Yeah, and which we've seen. And Underwater, which is another horror film. And then Like a Boss, which I said, I saw the trailer for it the other day and I said, oh, this is coming out in January, <laughs> and it was because it is not going to be good. Oh, January! Don't we love it? Well, yeah, that's that the makes me, that makes me sad for uh, Doolittle and RDJ. That makes me think it's not going to be good. The only things that the Grudge, they've been putting horror films in January, and those have been doing well. So the Grudge actually might be better than we think it's going to be because. There's always one good horror movie that they put in January. Right. But they're also putting Bad Boys. Bad that, Boys for Life. With And so that is not a good sign. No, not at all. Not at all. You know, yeah. because – and if they've delayed if they've delayed movies and they're going to mm-hmm. put them out in January. Mm. Well, we'll talk about 1917 yeah, so, in two weeks because uh, yeah, well, you we like it more than I do. Yes, I know. We have uh, DVDs out this week that that uh, there's a whole crop of movies that we like. Hey, spe- speaking of Richard E. Grant, Downton Abbey is on is on the DVDs. Yeah, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and I didn't watch the TV show. Yeah, I didn't either. And uh, I was forced it's classy. to go. It's beautiful music, costumes. Uh, the story is great. They have opening shot, which is the letter, because mm-hmm. the royals are going to come to Downton Abbey. And Maggie Smith is just a national treasure, even though she's not American. She's just an international treasure. Sure. And she has the best lines. And uh, add uh, Astra. Okay, so that's the that Downton Abbey is the only movie of this list that came came out this week that I have seen. Because I didn't see Ad Astra, I didn't see Abominable, I didn't see Where's My Roy Cohn, I didn't see Rambo 17, and I didn't <laughs> see Overcomer. Well, I didn't see Rambo 17 or Overcomer. The documentary, Roy Cohn, is exactly what you expect. So whatever side you so it's are very on political. the political spectrum, you're either going to stay away from it or you're going to embrace it. And Is the president in it? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Of course. Sure. Because that's his, that's his mentor. I know, but that that's doesn't mean that the president's in it. Yeah, well. And then... Uh, Overcomer, that was the... Uh, uh, that's the rah-rah overnight coach success for Life Changes. Overnight coach John Harrison starring Alex Kendrick, Ben Davies, and Sherry Rigby. I don't know what that is. I don't either. And they didn't show it to us. And they didn't show us Rambo Last Blood either. But Danny loved it. And he said so it was perfect. Did, he said it was perfect for what it was. And so did Tom Stockman. There's. I a, am not surprised by that. No, no. I don't know. I saw I saw a preview for it, and I was like, okay. But did Ad you Astra. Watch, did you watch Abominable? No, not yet. Okay. 
It's all right. Mm-mm. You don't don't apologize. I'm not. Well, you know, we had a lot of yeah. movies to watch. Carl didn't watch any of the DVD release movies, right? So <laughs> I, I think you don't have I, to. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not apologizing for not watching Abominable. <laughs> well, uh, Ad Astra. I want to talk about that because if you're a Brad Pitt fan, yeah. you will like this movie. Except is, for the fact that it was on a lot of worse lists. I know. Well, it's on my it's on my honorable mention. Okay, why? I thought Pitt was fabulous. I like the space story. Monkeys? It's part it's part psychological drama. Aren't there space monkeys? Part thriller. No, there's space pirates. Oh, aren't some space of them monkeys? Pirates. No. Okay. No monkey. No monkeys. All right, good. I'm thinking. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Brad Pitt in space sounds pretty great to me. Yes, and he's married to Liv Tyler. Are are they're split up, right? And uh, is it Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones plays his father. His father was this famous astronaut, and they're going to go to Mars. Mars. And the mission. Yeah, I didn't see this movie, and I know I remember a lot about it. <laughs> well, the mission is uh, so there. His Tommy Lee Jones's spaceship, they believe, was lost, and all of them died. But then years later, when Brad Pitt's character takes up after his father and becomes this astronaut too, is Ed Harris in this too? No. Okay. But there's some names that okay. are escaping me right now. But Brad Pitt is the main thing, and he has this voiceover that's it's almost like Hal in 2001, but it's not ominous. He wasn't better than this than he was in no, Once Upon but a Time in Hollywood. So he just gets better and better. He's really good in this. It's like a middle-aged reflection on life. Like He realizes he's made a lot of mistakes in life, and he wonders if it's because his father was absent so much and because he's Mr. Legend Space. Damn. So what happens is they think the dad's dead, and Brad Pitt's pretty fearless, and they send him on all these missions because he's got like ice in his veins. He's a space monkey. And... They uh, suddenly decide that there's having all these wacky things happen in the atmosphere, in the galaxies, and something's going on. And they think his spaceship, the dad's spaceship, is actually causing all this. And, oh, they might be alive. So they send Brad Pitt out in space to get his dad's ship, which is becomes this very perilous journey and that's all you can say and things go really (laughs) wacky but i oh the music and it is fabulous not that that's like the draw of a movie but i don't i just think pitt's at the top of his game and it's just a very fascinating psychological drama that has a lot of daddy issues okay i'll see it (laughs) for for brad pitt or for the daddy daddy issues or for the space uh, space monkeys, I believe. Space monkeys. <laughs> so next week, Lynn and I are going to have our top ten. Are we going to go ten on? I how about ten and five? Yeah, because five, and I'm doing disappointing rather than worst because that it's not. Well, fair. I don't. I I avoid a lot of the worst movies. Like I didn't see The Kitchen. I did. I did. It for and you. I I have yet to see Midsummer because they have argued about it a lot have scared me so much about it about how ultra violent it is i would go see the longer version of it because i want to see just how worse it gets and i'm a weenie about scary movies did you like nightingale no (laughs) 
No, I didn't like the 17 rapes in Nightingale. Oh, it's so painful to watch. This is what we have to do for for our for our art. Jo- for our art for our jobs. We have to watch all these movies that are really hard to watch sometimes. And that woman in the outback that keeps getting raped by uh horrible British soldiers. Yeah, it's not a and it's people not. are putting it oh, on their best list. Jennifer Kent, she's still at the top of her game. No, she's not. And it's, it's gross. The stuff that happens is so horrible to watch. I had to look away. There's a bunch of movies I have to look away. In. After I, the text thread that I had with your mother was uh, really their rape. This is the third rape in five minutes. All right, then. Yeah, we were what? Yeah, and then somehow I had the glitch because I had a screen link. I had a glitch, and I had to watch. The she first had to half watch it from again. the beginning again. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I was like, oh dear, shoot me! Now. All right, Charlie and John, thank you very much for coming in. What? Uh, um, what? John works at a hotel in L.A., and he just had the Jojo Rabbit kids there. Oh wow! And he rode the elevator with little Archie Yates. Uh, nice, charming kids, very charming. Were I the adults there too, or just the three yeah, kids? Yeah, they were with their parents. And oh uh, no, no, I'm talking about the like Lascarjo oh, there. Um, no, not no. that I saw. Very, very possible that they were, but but the three leads. I got to see the little boys. Oh, the boys, not um, not the uh, teenage I Jewish seen girl. I have the movie actually, so I'm okay. not sure which are the leads and which are. Okay, well, there's a. Well, Roman Griffin Davis is the lead boy, the blonde with the curly mm-hmm. hair. And then Archie, the chubby kid with the little glasses, Archie Yates. He's adorable in this movie. He's so cute. Yeah, but and they were they were wanting to hang out and play, and their parents were like, well, remember, we're we here have, to work. We have a, we have a junket oh, to go. Yeah, they're, they're like kid actors trying to be kids. So, John, do you have any L.A. stories to tell us? Oh, goodness. Um, Move not- the mic back. You have to tell us all now. Yeah, nothing comes to mind immediately, um, but... Ron, well, Ron Stevens was you asking you about your house. Um, <laughs> actually, I take that back because I, I haven't seen Uncut Gems yet, but okay. they had a screening for that at our hotel. And at the hotel? At the hotel. We've got a screening room, real fancy screening room, so they do a lot of uh, screenings there. Nice. And Mr. Sandler mm-hmm. was there and uh, was playing with our uh, bulldogs. We have some bulldogs at the hotel, and... He came into the back office and played with him, so that was fun. Got to um, give were, him a were fist bump. Were both brothers there? Were the Safety brothers there? So we can tell Max that there's that there are actually two. I of them. can confirm that they are indeed brothers, and they do exist. Was Eric Bogosian there? I don't do not know. Okay, um, but he's I Judd Hirsch from Independence Day um, and Taxi. Very possible, probably, but I only see like a, a handful. Idina Menzel. Out. Didn't see. Okay. She was the original Alphaba in Wicked and is the voice of Princess... Oh, cool. No, Queen Elsa in Frozen. She would have been... Like, people have been saying, can you sing Let It Go to my kid? Oh, yeah. My my nieces would flip mm-hmm. if they knew. I potentially could have heard that voice. Yes. <laughs> and she won a Tony for Wicked, and she was nominated for a Tony for Rent. Yes. Originated them on Broadway. Yes, and she's ex Mrs. Tay Diggs. Yes, she they is. met in Rent. Any other amazing stories? Um, we'll have to have coffee. The stories will keep ah, coming. Good, out, good, but, good. Yeah. yeah, you're probably under an NDA. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, there is that's some why, of that. Absolutely. That's why he keeps his job. Yeah, yeah. and then Charlie, uh, they just John and Charlie helped make 
Tim's movie, Dad Eat Dog, which we just had the premiere at Swick last Sunday. Any thoughts on movie making? Um, it's a lot harder than I will ever imagine. Um, and it's just really hard to produce a movie. Um, <laughs> and nobody actually really thinks of how many shots mm -hmm. and how difficult and how time consuming it is. It's a so, lot of hurry up and wait. A lot of hurry up and wait. and um, Worse than a football game. Yes, we're way worse. Um, and if uh, for all you young directors uh, aspiring, uh, think small uh, while you're um, trying to <laughs> don't get too ambitious. Don't get too ambitious until you're. And if you find uh, your brother's script, pare it down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now hold on. I, my question to you, Charlie, is: When you were shooting this, how long did you think the film was going to be? Um, well, so I think it was 17 page script and you always think a minute, minute per page. minute a page. So that's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, and how, what's the final count? I think, uh, 12 minutes, 12 minutes. Yeah. So was that, did that mean there was a lot of direction or just like you pared down? I, uh, I mean, honestly, you had to talk to Zach, the editor, mm -hmm. uh, who, um, I hear did an amazing job, did an amazing job. And I think we would like to have longer scenes. It's just, the uh, the uh, what, inexperience uh -huh. of the entire crew, uh, I think, kind of held us back a little bit. Pacing? Uh, he tightened it up. Yeah, he he tightened it up, and um, so I think we I think we needed it. There was a lot of fat that didn't need that needed to be cut off. Yeah, why why pad it when you exactly? Can? But I also think it's because it was three night shoot, three days of night shoots, and nights. You guys were exhausted after day three. And then after day three. Yeah, at the end, uh, so we shot the bar scene, uh, the very last, and I think all of us were we were coming at the two a.m. hour, and all of us were at the end of our ropes and wanted to to end it very soon. I think Zach was actually flying out about two hours after we wrapped that final night of shooting. Yeah, he yeah, slept I, in I actually, he slept in our, at our house and then went to the airport. Yeah, I think he had a 5 a.m. flight. I had an uh, 8 a.m. flight and went to work <laughs> right after wow. that. So it was it was a brutal uh, a week after that. And so do you admire or do you pity the people that do the 48-hour film festival? Well, I was actually a part of the 48-hour film festival but uh, that, 10, nine years ago. Um, I was an I was only an actor. I didn't really. I I, I was like I'm I'm not doing uh, production because right. uh, that's where the time is consumed. Yeah. Um, but that that's different because but, that that you get all that stuff. You can have a base. The cheaters have a basic story and then they weave all that crap right. in. You're supposed to start from scratch. Right. Yeah. So I guess for a 48 hour, you already are predetermined to not think ambitious or, you know, write the script to it's basic. fit mm -hmm. as basic as possible. So when we did it, you know, we thought small and were able to think of, all right, we can do that in this shot. Like, Here's how we this save in a house. Right. This, this blah, 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 blah. And it's Here, only eight minutes, yeah. too. And you, need, and you need a balloon and an elevator. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so right. let's get an elevator and a balloon. But for this, you had your brother's script. You had a basic idea of what you were already going to do. You just had to make his vision come alive. Absolutely. And it's it's crazy um, thinking, because whenever you read a book, right, and mm -hmm. then you watch a movie, you're always like, oh, the book's better. Uh, same because thing with the script. you thought of everything in your head. Yeah. I thought of everything in my head. This is how it was going to work out, and then trying, look. and then trying to actually put that on a screen or on film, 
very, very difficult. Now, do you think you created your brother's vision as possible as he would have done it? Or do you just... I think so. Um, I mean, looking back at it, I'm like, I think this is exactly how my brother would have directed it. Or Mm -hmm. like, I because I'm just... He would tell you the same is that he's not a great director. Um, (laughs) He he would tell you the exact same thing. And I think um, just even watching his films, you, you know... I think this would be exactly how it would have turned out. <laughs> Not exactly, but, you know, very similar. Close enough. Close he enough. he would have probably made the same cuts that we did because impractical things like, uh, you know, like cars going down streets are hard to film. Yes. At night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In St. Louis. And especially when you're doing a period piece. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yes. And we did... Uh, have no permits Shh. guerrilla filmmaking yeah guerrilla filmmaking but i think what's that, wrong with that what i think was really good was the actors in it especially the professional actors just did a great job they brought those characters to life they were wonderful yeah. well hopefully we'll get to see it at sliff next year yeah hopefully hopefully at the st louis filmmaker showcase this summer in july hopefully hopefully all right, gentlemen, where can we find you on social media unless you don't want us to be found? Um, well, yeah, you can find me on my, my name at Charlie Venhouse on Instagram or Twitter. And you can also follow my cat at foodie <laughs> at Jessie Cat the Foodie Feline on Instagram. Uh, she reviews uh, a bunch of uh, food? Food, uh, food takeout uh, places. Really? R- restaurants in New, York. in New York, yeah. So do you order extra for the cat or do you just No, we order and then she she'll take a bite or two and she, she gives you she gives us her thoughts. Uh, so at Jesse Cat the Foodie Feline. All right. And John? Um yeah, my name um would be my handle probably Instagram at uh John Robin, just J O N R O B B E N. Um Instagram's probably the spot. Twitter I haven't touched in years. You can you can off. send the Instagrams to your Twitter. That's right. But you don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not super active. I'm on there a little bit, so. And Lynn, where are you this week? Oh, you were on with Ray for another half hour last night talking about nerd yeah, stuff. Yeah, so uh, KTRS, Jay Kanzler is leaving, and I've been with Jay for two years mm-hmm. doing the movie reviews. And so Ray Hartman asked me to stay on the night show, St. Louis in the Know, on Thursday nights. And I'm usually in the 10 o'clock hour. So uh, Ray's going to host it himself. And I'll be back on there. And then uh, I'm in the timesnewspapers.com, which is West End Word, South County Times, and the flagship Webster Kirkwood Times. And we have our top 10 going in next week. Oh, Kent do and you? I. Yes, I had to turn that in Are you doing it? Is, is it a uh, tag team or do you each have 10? We each have 10. But what they do they in the previous years, because I've been writing for them since January 16th. Mm-hmm alphabetize the list that's fine so we don't have it qualified so there's no right oh so there might not be 20 movies in there there might be only 16 movies because you might have the same or they but we each get to do our own list okay okay all right yeah and then we put our honorable mention but we don't we have a description of our top 10 but we don't have a description of our of our um yeah, and remember, Cinema St. Louis is due by the 28th of the month. I know. We're doing the best of the decade. Decade. Think about that, the top 15. Think how hard that is. I have 25, and I have to shave off 10. Um, speaking of best of the decade, I actually just completed my top 100 songs of the decade, oh, yeah. which was 
nearly impossible, but it's on Spotify. Friday by uh, Rebecca Black. Number one, baby. You know it. <laughs> My name is Carl Middleman. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern. You can hear me on the Weekend Report on 971FM Talk. That's KFDK. And you can also hear me on the podcast of Maxim Movies doing a spoiler cast of Rise of Skywalker. And you can also find me on the Intercom uh, family of radio stations. That's KMOX, KFDK, Y98, KZK, and now 96.3. I'm there all the time. Every day. No, not every day. But it seems but like I'm there every day. And you play the music at the Blues game. Oh, I don't have another game until the 29th of December. So that's good. So I don't have to shave until then. Yay, me. All right. Merry Christmas, everyone. We'll talk to you again next week. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for having me. And happy Hanukkah. That's right.